Hello and welcome back to Rebel Cells, the Star Wars animation podcast for the Bad Batch season two premiere. Uh, what do we got? It's it's uh, spoils of war and something else of war. Spoils of something else. I don't know. There's two episodes. They got the same title, basically. Uh, ruins of uh, war. Ruins of war. Thank you. Uh, I am, of course, your host, Michael Cohen. And with me, as always, my co-host, the altitudinous Kyle Avery. Hello down there. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And the illustrious Joe Hogan. Hello up there. I <laughs> uh, excellent. I I we're back. We're back you guys. Yeah. We're back for real for the thing that is going to be this season uh which is Bad Batch. Um some point in the middle of this season we're also going to get Star Wars Vision season 2. We still don't have a release date for that, but it is coming Q1 of 2023 which is so like my guess is probably march like like it's probably gonna because we haven't gotten anything from it but then again they didn't give us a trailer for bad batch until like what like a month before it came out before season two happened so well keep in mind we also at some point last year thought bad batch was coming out in like september so until we have a like a confirmed release date for season two of visions uh, the spring release window could still be well okay so so the the last thing that we heard about it was from Disney PR and it and it was just before the holidays and it was that Star Wars Visions is in the the first quarter of this year. So um like that's fairly recent like that's within the last month. They they did it was in a press release I think. Um but I, I where there was the press release that like that slated like everything that's coming to Disney Plus in in 2023 like everything that's sort of on the schedule. Um, and that's where a lot of the, like, like there are shows on there that don't have anything right. That like, like Ahsoka has nothing. We don't like, we know it's coming this year, but we have no idea when. Right. And, um, I, I, it, that it's, it was the same press release where we found out definitively the skeleton crew is happening this year as well, which was a big surprise for me. And, and in the order, like when you look at, at the breakdown, it was like, we got bad batch. We've got uh, Star Wars Visions, Mandalorian. There's something else. Oh, the the young the uh, young Jedi Adventures or something like that. Uh, it's oh, like yeah. the, the the preschool age one, which I am. Look, hey, I know that the rest of you don't care, but being that I got the three and the six year old, I am so hyped for that. I am so hyped <laughs> for a preschool age. I uh, like Disney Junior style Star Wars show. I can't wait. Um, and the and the, the like the crew that's making it is actually like a really good crew, so it, it'll probably be a great show. Um, and and I'll say it right now: it we will cover it on Rebel Cells. It is Star Wars animation, just like we cover the Lego stuff. We will cover it. Um, I I don't know what that's going to look like. I kind of hope that I can convince Cara to watch it with me and then podcast about it because I Aww. think that would be rad. But uh, to, to hear from the target audience, but but we'll see because uh, she might get shy in front of the mic. But but uh, but in any case, we've got that, and then and then it was like skeleton crew, and then Ahsoka, sort of in in the breakdown, which like makes it sound like skeleton crew is happening 
before Ahsoka that like Ahsoka will probably be the anchor series for for 2023 being that it's like in November December which is usually where mm-hmm. Mando used to be right but but then Book of Boba Fett slid into like December January and now Mando season three is is March right so um in any case it is very likely that we will not have much of this year without brand new Star Wars every week, which is crazy to think about that. Like we basically get like from the first week of the year all the way through to the end of the year, we will probably have new Star Wars every week. Um, and in some instances doubled up like the end of Bad Batch and the beginning of Mando. So um, yeah, man, it's like, it's going to be a good 2023 is going to be a good one. We got celebration coming up. It's mm-hmm. not that far away. I'm sure Joe can tell you how not far away it is. I am very stressed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, cause you're out of the three of us. You're the only one that's going to be there. Right. So I will. Um, I, yeah, I, well, I, unless they give me the call again and they're like, Hey, we're going to fly you here. I, <laughs> uh, in which case I then got to figure that out. But, uh, I, yeah. Um, but what a way to kick off the year with this with this season premiere of Bad Batch. Now, here's the thing. As you guys know, if you listen to the last episode of the podcast, I saw the premiere a few weeks ago. I had to watch it again today because I was like, I don't remember anything that happened in this. <laughs> um, you guys give me your impressions first. Uh, Joe, why don't we start with you? Uh, I, I liked it. It's funny, funny enough, your impression pretty much ended up being mine, where it's like, oh, it's, it's more of Bad Batch. Mm-hmm. And that's not a bad thing. Um, yeah. I like that already off the bat. I feel like they're setting up exactly what I wanted more of last season. And that's Echo and Tech having a little bit more character development and personality mm-hmm. and just stuff for them to do. Um, it feels like Echo is like really we're setting him up to almost pull, not pull away from the Bad Batch, but to kind of steer them back in that direction of like we we can't just sit on our hands anymore. Like this is important. We have stuff to do instead of just running around going on little adventures. Like mm-hmm. there's a bigger picture here that we're ignoring, and it's it's not right. Um, yeah. so that's really cool. I'm happy to see a lot of that. Uh, I like that someone flirted with tech in the beginning of the first episode. That was <laughs> kind of fun. And to see him be like, wait, what? Um, and I'm happy, even though it was only for two episodes, happy we got a new clone. Yeah. Little Captain Wilco. It was, it was neat to see a new, not just faceless clone, even though his, his haircut was the default clone haircut from Clone yeah. Wars. Um, so this is... This is a funny this is a funny bit about Wilco that that I think is worth noting um and uh, and and I'll give credit where credit's due this uh, uh Marie Claire who I uh, hosts um what the force uh, which you got, everybody should go listen to that like there's no competition here between us and them uh, they're doing awesome coverage for Bad Batch as well. Uh, even better coverage for Willow, which everybody should go. Stop what you're doing. Stop listening to this podcast right now. Go watch Willow because it's amazing. It's an incredible show. And then listen to What the Force because it makes the show even better. But in any case, I, I Marie Claire pointed out on on her recap for for the premiere 
Wilco is is shorthand in um in like military like like radio speak for will comply which mm. is really interesting with what happens to Wilco at the end of the second episode right so mm. i i yeah i thought she she pointed that out and it was like okay that's 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 some pretty cool that's a pretty cool little easter egg there but uh yeah yeah uh kyle what, what did you think of the episode yeah um i mean kind of like what you and joe said like it was it was kind of more of the same of bad batch but it was fun it was cool to see uh you know, just kind of picking up with them after some time has passed, you know, off on another adventure. We see their armors changed. We see Omega getting older and, and kind of growing and learning a little bit more and kind of coming into her own as part of the squad. You know, when they've got that, uh, the first scene where they're, they've got that escape on the beach and she's holding off those monster things on her own, the big crabs or whatever they are, um, yeah. getting more skilled with her bow and everything. And it's just, you know, it was fun to see um the the continued dynamics you know change and evolve between the squad i mean like you said joe i mean one thing that i was looking forward to and kind of had a sense that we might get from the trailers i think i kind of predicted it on the last episode um and i had a feeling i was right because mike who had seen it was like no comment (laughs) but the whole arc of uh you know echo being like um you know, trying to keep everybody sort of on mission as far as like, you know, Hunter obviously is like, hey, we're making our own way. Like, this is my family. I got to protect them like nothing else matters. And Echo is very much the one who's like big picture thinking about the Empire and the rest of the clones and Rex and like, no, we still have a mission out there. Like, we can't just look out for ourselves. Like, you know, there's people out there that need our help and there's a, a cause that needs to be fought for and we're soldiers. Like, if, if you know, nobody else is going to do it, we have to. So, um really interested to see how that develops over the course of the season. And then the stuff with just the clones in general. I mean, again, you see uh, Wilco at the end. Um, and I guess we, we, we jump right into spoilers, right? I mean, everybody knows we talk spoilers on here. So yeah. When... Well, yeah. So uh, just real quick, I, for those of you who might be expecting us to do full recaps of the episodes as we have in the past, we're changing the format. We're doing what Joe and I did on book of Boba Fett which is we're just going to talk about it. (laughs) We're just going to have a conversation. So we're not going to do a full like scene by scene recap breakdown um, of, of the season of, of the episode this season. We're, we're just going to kind of have a general talk. So yes, we are going to get into spoilers right now. And I, I, I mean like expect from here on out each episode, like we're just this, you better have watched the episode. You've basically had a week at this point. Like, (laughs) <laughs> this this will go live on Tuesday morning and I uh, I uh, Tuesday at midnight the new episode will be up. So I I uh, the new episode of Bad Batch, I mean, right? So um so yeah, you've basically had the whole week to watch before listening to this. So I hope that you have. <laughs> I yeah. as a matter of fact, I hope you've even listened to like another podcast about this already or two or three um before listening to us. So uh, yeah, we're, we're, I, I like to think that we're going to be like the final word on it uh, as as you head into to the new episode each week. Go ahead. Go yeah. ahead with your spoilery thoughts. So, yeah, just obviously a very interesting twist at the end there with uh, Wilco getting offed by Admiral Rampart, trying to cover his own mistake because he thought that he killed the Bad Batch when he destroyed uh, Topoka City on Kamino. And so you know, seeing the clones report that they were spotted there, he was like, we're going to scrub that from the report. And Wilco being like, 
no, sir. Like, I'm not going to lie and falsify a report. And he's like, okay, if you don't do it, I will. And just shoots him and sends him falling over the balcony. And I think sets the stage for what's going to be, you know, an interesting storyline to see unfold over the season. And again, I mean, one of the things that's been the most interesting, like one of the most interesting aspects about the Bad Batch from the beginning is showing what happens to the clones during this time of transition into the Empire. Um, Because even, I mean, you know, season one, we saw some clones like Captain Hauser starting to like defy the Empire's orders. Um, And even the whole question of like the chips and who's going along with Order 66 and stuff like that. But now you have... A clone like Wilco, who's seemingly like he's complying, he's going along with orders. Um, he believes in the cause of the Empire as far as like keeping peace, keeping order, like all the quote unquote good stuff about the Empire that like people who truly believe in it, you know, think that they're fighting for. Um, and he's like, I'll do what my superiors tell me. Like, I'm I'm gonna do all the right things in in the name of the Empire and in the name of peace and everything. But then when somebody tells me to do something wrong, like falsify a report, I'm not gonna do that. And when you see but you see people like Rampart and you know, sort of the more corrupt imperial officials and the people that are out for their own gain and their own power and stuff, they're the ones that are like the more, you know, evil side of the empire. Like we're not just here for order. Like we're here for our own gain and our own power and stuff. So I think See, that now, was. Okay. It, it, so that's the vibe that you got from it, which is that Wilco was doing the right thing. I, I'll t- I'll tell you my read on this scene. It's funny. We're just going to start right at the end. Um, <laughs> I think actually, Joe, I think we did this like more than once on Book of Boba Fett as well. Right. Of um, my read especially because of the audio cue like that there was sort of like that that um like that sort of humming buzz that that if you go back to season seven of clone wars when rex is affected by order 66 and he's trying to fight it i think they do the same thing it's and and i think it goes back to like the the um the season six arc with uh uh is it fives in that one yeah, uh, yeah, one, yeah, it's fives, yeah. right? I yeah. like. I think. I think the 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 opening of that arc when the one clone goes like when it triggers, right? When he gets when his when his yeah, chip triggers, top right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think it did the same sound effect. So to me, it like the way that I read it was that he, um, uh, Rampart was like, "You're gonna falsify the report." And Wilco was his chip was saying in his head, good soldiers follow orders, right? Like, like Mm. his, like his chip was overriding his behavior because he also like, he kind of like stumbles and hesitates, which like, this is the thing. It could be read either way. Right. Which is that like, are, are the clones now obedient a hundred percent of the time? And he was fighting against the obedience or, are the clones and I'm kind of leaning like this direction, obviously because of what we saw with Hauser last season that like the clones are independent free thinkers right now, unless they are in a situation where their free thinking puts them in, in, in like in the position to not follow orders, in which case they then like the chip kicks in and they follow orders. Right. And that like initially that's what was happening with, with crosshair until he took the chip out right um so then why was hauser able to kind of resist that 
I don't know. I don't know. Right. Like that's a, and, and, and I'm sure like, this is the thing, like maybe there are like some moral and ethical things going on here that are, that are contributing to this. And we have to like, kind of go back and, and see like, what's, what exactly is, is it that Hauser is being asked to do that he sort of fights against, but there is also the, there is a moment with Hauser where like you get the sense that he's like, overcoming that right that he's just like no like like no 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 like we got we do the right thing we're the good guys right um but that is like that's it is an interesting it's an interesting difference right because here rampart is asking wilco to lie in order to cover rampart right there's no there's no justification of like, this is what's right for the empire. This is what's right for the citizens. This is what's right for the people. It is just Rampart telling him you're going to do this. Right. And I think that, I think because of Hauser, I think because of some of the other stuff that happened last season, that Rampart just has no patience for it anymore. Right. So it's like the second that a clone doesn't comply, like Rampart is now in the position of like, like we know what he wants. He wants to replace the clones with stormtroopers. Right. Like that's, mm-hmm. that is his agenda. So he's like, whatever, these things are disposable. Right. Like that's like, that's his perspective. So you've got this moment of like, maybe this would have been a conversation and this would have been like an ongoing thing with Wilco, but Rampart's not gonna. I, and I think like, that's the important takeaway here is that Rampart's just not going to do that anymore. Right. He's but not going to, think- he's not going to give Hauser the opportunity to rebel right he's gonna he's gonna he sees that in wilco immediately and goes like his reaction is so nonchalant he's like yeah i had a feeling that you were gonna say that or whatever he says right and and he just shoots him right like but again it's i think it's not just because of his intolerance for like rebelliousness in the clones but it's because in this particular instance his own butt is on the line no he's yeah it's it's, absolutely because he's covering his own butt but like yeah but 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 i think like there's also the aspect of like he's like i'm not gonna I'm not even going to like entertain the argument with this clone, right? Like there's no point it's, it's mm-hmm. programmed like a droid in his mind. Right. Yeah. So but he's it's like, just he's like, he's, he's just, not just, he just kills him. Yeah. So. But he's not just killing him to, you know, to punish a, a dissenter. He's putting him down to silence a loose end that could make him look yeah. bad. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I think, I mean, uh, and that's obviously a, a really, like right off the bat, making him kind of a more dangerous and compelling villain because, you know, I feel like in season one, he was just kind of, oh, it's another like junior Imperial officer or whatever. And he's, you know, ambitious and everything and and whatever. But um, I think, you know, there's, there's few things that are more dangerous than a villain with like a vulnerability that or a, a, a flaw that can be exposed that they're willing to do anything to protect like Mm -hmm. you know they know like uh, this this house of cards that i'm building is fragile and if anybody finds out about this one thing it's all going to come crashing down so i'm going to kill anybody that comes near that um so yeah i thought that was uh you know certainly an interesting way to kick off um what i think like i said i I think that's going to be an interesting sort of season-long um sort of dilemma between the empire and the clones um because again it's like uh, you know 
we, we you had guys like uh like Hauser last season that were like actively rebelling against the Empire, and now you have somebody like Wilco who's not even rebelling against the Empire. He's rebelling against a superior officer who wants him to do something corrupt. And he's like, I'm all for the Empire. I'm just gonna do it the right way. Like, you know, I'm I'm not about falsifying reports and covering people's mistakes and all that kind of stuff. But I think if if word gets around to the clones that Imperials are killing off good loyal clones like that who are um, you know just trying to to serve the Empire the right way, I think it's going to cause a big friction between the two. Yeah. Um. Cool, uh, Joe. I, you you've been you've been kind of silent. What, what what's what's your what's your thoughts on this? Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't really have anything to add to that specifically. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, Kyle said it perfectly. Um. Yeah, um, and, and that's it's 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 a wait and see kind of thing, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, like obviously, ramparts ramparts are a big bad, right? So, so this is going to be like the thread that we follow throughout. Yeah, even as it's like sort of adventure of the week, we're going to keep coming back to this. I it, I found it really interesting that like the big reveal of the stormtroopers at the end of last season, and we just don't even see them in this, right? Yeah, like, like it's mm-hmm. it, we've we're still seeing clones everywhere because I really thought that like that was sort of like saying, oh, this is what the next season will be. But I guess they're going to they're going to stretch that out a little bit further. But um, yeah, I, which I'm kind of glad they're doing that just because there's so much more story to tell with the clones still. Yeah, like sure. I'd be kind of disappointed sure. if we got to season two and it was just there's no more clones and it's all stormtroopers. I'm yeah. curious if there if it's because there really is going to be something that maybe was set up with Hauser and and those first few clones that uh, resisted. Is there going to be some type of you know maybe not insurrection but resistance from the clones when the stormtroopers are coming in? You know what I mean? Like are the clones, yeah, to some degree going to become you know not just obsolete but a liability for the Empire yeah. that now the stormtroopers have to kind of step up and and put them down. I think it's really interesting when you add in the context of what we saw in Obi-Wan with the, the one Mm. clone, I I can't remember the name of the planet, but um, uh, the, the, the like sort of the neon city planet, Um, not Narshada. (laughs) Yeah. Not Narshada. I, I, man, why didn't they make that Narshada? Anyways, uh, I, that would have made so much sense of like, take her to hut space, right? Like, Mm-hmm. what a perfect place to to you're gonna kidnap a senator's daughter that's where you're gonna take them uh anyways um we so we see we see tamura uh you know uh, uh donning the uh the clone trooper armor and actually like f- in a very funny way the for the first time right like he's, <laughs> yeah. like, like he's never actually worn the armor because it was all the cg stuff um previously but but to see that right um so like i think the assumption prior to seeing that scene was that the clones like the regs that were still around were like offed by the empire right like like that we would at some point see like a clone genocide essentially right um and that 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 rampart is like the guy that would be kind of leading that charge but then we get that context in obi-wan of like well but there are clone troopers that are just like, Hey, you know, help an old war veteran. And it's like, I don't know. Like if, if, if the stormtroopers were hunting down clones, then you would think, you know, that, that, uh, I, he'd be a little bit more reluctant to just have his face showing. Mm-hmm. Right. So, 
So to me, like there's a, there's an interesting context there that, that really paints, you know, like, like the direction that this could go. Um, and I do, th- I do think that we are heading towards like a clone trooper rebellion. And I think that the bad batch is going to play a really big part of that in that. I think that echo in particular is going to play a really big part in that. I think that's the vibe that, that they're, um, that they're intentionally sort of pushing with him is this idea that like, he's like, he's like, we should be doing more. There's the, there's the conversation when they're like, um, I was in the second episode sort of towards the end. Uh, when when echo is like we should go back f- for the war chest like we 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 should absolutely be getting that money and uh and I th- it's tech right that's that's like that's it that doesn't make any logical sense like we are now surviving we need to get out of here like like we'll 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 move on to the next mission and we'll do something else right and and echo is kind of like no like we need this money like think of all of the good that we could do with it like he's got this real like robin hood um attitude of it of like and whereas the, like the others are like we're gonna get this money and we're gonna use it to like finally hide from the empire for good permanently right like it will get so far away from them and we'll be set forever and we'll never have to do another mission and put ourselves at risk we can just lay low right and but then echo is on the other side of that like no if we had that many credits we could buy fighters and like like star fighters and like we could launch an attack and we get like he's thinking like he's thinking rebellion style, right? Like that's mm-hmm. like, that's where he's at and the others aren't there. I think, I think the interesting aspect of that is that like, he's going to be the odd man out because of what he went through. And because he's not a, he's, he, he is a member of the bad batch. Obviously he is a bad batcher at heart now, but he, he didn't, come up with them right like he yeah. came up with the with the rookie squad right so like he's a reg he's we he started as a shiny and he made his way all the way up to arc trooper and now he's with the bad batch right um and i i so like it's a it's like it's a very different thing he's coming at it from a very different different perspective and then on top of that the things that he was put through by the separatists by the techno union right um he has a much, much deeper yearning for social justice than the others. Uh, and even like amongst the, the other bad batchers, it's like, obviously it's, it's varying degrees. Cause I think tech could honestly like kind of care less, like, because he's so tactically minded and sort of um, uh, aloof and, and uh, sort of like separate from, uh, even even i think even within the bad batch tech is a little bit like separate from the others mm-hmm. i i because he just like he he is not the type to fight first he is he's he's got a different a different way of doing things right um but but the others like they're it's very much like like they're they're they are okay with this like sort of survival mode way of life um, except for Hunter, who's who's in full on dad mode and is like, no, we just have to protect Omega. Like that's that's everything to him. He's just like he over the course of last season, obviously that was his arc, right? And so coming into this one, the rest of them are like, we voted, we want to do this, <laughs> and he's and he's like, well, no, we shouldn't take this risk. We can just go like 
you know, keep, keep like lay low, keep taking these odd jobs. And then I, 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 oh my God, I can't remember her name. What's the, the Trandoshan? Oh, um, Sid. Sid, yeah, is like I keep you, I keep wanting to call her Aunt V, and then I'm like, no, that's yeah, yeah. the the one from Resistance. Yeah, um, <laughs> or Z or V or whatever. Aunt Z, Aunt Z is the one from from Resistance. Yeah, I I yeah, but then Sid is like like you idiots, like don't don't not you idiots, you idiot, like just that Hunter of like clearly you're not paying attention to what's happening in the galaxy, like they are coming. They will get here eventually. They are taking over the whole galaxy. There is no hiding from the empire. There is only, you know, surviving and fighting back. Right. Um, and, and then again, obviously coming off of Andor, it's like, which is further on down the line than where we are right now. Cause we're still, we're still within a couple of years of, of, um, of the formation of the empire. Right. Uh, Omega hasn't aged that much. So yeah. I, uh, it's still pretty close to that point in time. And uh, I, Andor is closer to A New Hope than Revenge of the Sith, right? So I, I yeah, like it's, it's uh, I don't know. I, it, on the one hand, I get really sick of playing in this same time period <laughs> between Revenge of the Sith and, and A New Hope. But at, at the same time, it, like we've got right now, we have Andor going. Obi Wan happened, and when hopefully we're getting another season of that. I really hope at Celebration they hope they go ahead and announce that. But I, I, we've got that. We've got we've got Bad Batch. We've got Fall, a Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor, right? Um, not to mention Rogue One is obviously in that same timeline. Star Wars Rebels is in that same part of the time period, right? Uh, we have we have all of these stories. Uh, and I think that we'll probably get some flashbacks in Ahsoka that might fill in some gaps as well. I, it's just like there, there we have so much information on this specific period of time. And it's funny. Cause it's like, it's the one period of time where there's no movie. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, like, like the, you know, or, or I shouldn't say the one period of time. It's like between the, the prequels and the original trilogy, it's the largest gap that we have right in the story. And yet, because of all of these shows, we actually know more about what happens in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope than we know about what happens between A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back, right? Which is a which is theoretically like a year apart, maybe two years apart. If we're if we really want to stretch it, it's two years apart, right? Um, but but yeah, like because I think in the timeline is three, but yeah, is it? Well, I mean, yeah. like the new timeline, it probably is because in the new timeline post disney they're like well we got to fit in 300 issues of comics <laughs> uh, and it's like and and you guys know how i feel about the comics with the like did you guys know that luke skywalker fought darth vader on yavin 4 right after the movie ended did you guys know that he was on a speeder bike and darth vader was there and they fought with <laughs> lightsabers for a second and it's like no that didn't that definitely didn't happen like it, it's does it look really cool in your comic book? Sure. Fine. Whatever. Did that happen in Canon? Not a chance, not a chance. And you got, and again, Canon doesn't mean anything. It's all made up nonsense, space, fantasy wizards in a galaxy far, far away. None of it matters. And it, you take out of it what you get, but like, there are some points where like, like at least the Lego 
shows have the like the 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 guts to just be like none of this is real you guys like it's not this is this is silly fun yuck yucks time right but the marvel comics like have the audacity to be like yeah luke skywalker beat boba fett it's like okay yeah in return of the jedi luke skywalker beat boba fett no 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 like like five minutes after he left yavin 4 he beat boba fett <laughs> so luke that had no jedi training yet whatsoever and was still like derpy whiny baby luke like ben tell him i can i'm ready i'm i'm it's like no that luke skywalker can't beat boba fett that luke's and that and that's my opinion before boba fett got cool again right like even when boba fett was made lame by clone wars boba fett i still would have been like clone wars boba fett teenage clone wars boba fett could beat up at post a new hope luke easy easy i don't care if he's got a lightsaber that doesn't really do anything boba's got a jetpack and it shoots a rocket and he's got like a wrist cable thing and like he boba fett's got all the cool stuff and luke's like i have my dad's lightsaber and i'm pretty sure i know which button turns it on i i did it one time uh like no no people people are ridiculous anyways i i yeah none of that stuff counts and none of the stuff between between empire and jedi counts either where they're like and then luke got a yellow lightsaber because ray had a yellow lightsaber i think i complained about that on the last episode right <laughs> I, I think so there it's so funny i saw a, like there was a tweet and it was like the cover of an upcoming issue and it's got like luke on the front and and leia and then somebody i can't remember who the third character was but they're sort of like arranged with like luke in the front and he's kind of got one hand out he's got he's in like the the star wars hero pose where they've got like one hand extended forward and one hand behind you you, you know what i mean right where it's like yeah. the sort of like the yeah. open palm hand behind you it's the harrison ford stance but then they mm. attribute it to everybody at one point or another um it's just it's i see that and i go like that's the harrison ford pose and and star wars has like co-opted it for all of their characters it's the star wars pose so luke is in this pose and he's got the yellow jacket I think is he wearing I think he's wearing the yellow jacket and he but he's got he's got like a slightly different outfit in in the empire in in the the whatever the story is right now that's like between empire and jedi and he's in this awesome pose and he looks super cool and I retweeted it and I like my my or I like I quote tweeted it and my thing was like was like no no, Luke isn't this cool, you guys. You can't draw Luke Skywalker this cool. He's not this cool. He's never been this cool, and he'll never be this cool. So knock it off. Stop trying to make Luke Skywalker cool. He's a he's a farm boy. Like, it's like when people try and make Superman hard, right? It's like no, Superman's not hard. Superman is a soft. I uh, I like he's like he's like a cinnamon bun in in a can. Yeah, can he punch the moon in half? Yes, he can. But is he a soft boy that loves his mommy? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. That's Superman. And Luke Skywalker's the same way. He's like an earnest, down to earth, like sweet boy that just happens to be one of the most powerful Jedi to ever live. Right. <laughs> but that's what makes him a compelling character. That's what makes him interesting. Making him into another action hero is so boring to me. I I said I wasn't going to go on crazy tangents, but there it is. Um, all of that to say, we know more about the period in time that the Bad Batch is currently in. Although, where the Bad Batch is exactly residing is probably the biggest blind spot in the time period between Revenge of the Sith 
and a new hope. We know so much about the five years before a new hope because of star Wars rebels and now Andor. it's like, Holy crap. Like we know where all of the major players are essentially. Um, and, and, and then Obi-Wan, right? Cause, cause Obi-Wan's 10 years before, <clears throat> right? Is that where we're at yeah. with that one? Yeah. But yeah. We essentially, 10 years be- after Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. 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 So, so nine years before a new hope then. So like, because of that, because of the context that we have from that, we know so much more now about Luke, Leia and Obi-Wan and where they are, what their characters are like closer to that time period. Right. Like it's all like, it's so skewed towards like that ten, five to 10 years before a new hope, as opposed to the, the five years after revenge of the Sith, five to 10 years after revenge of the Sith. Um, I think the most that we've ever actually gotten is from the, the Ahsoka novel. Um, but that's kind of as we talked about in the tales of the Jedi thing, like maybe that's not canon anymore. So yeah, I don't know. It, it, it's uh, it, it's, it, it becomes such an interesting time period to play in. Cause at the same time that like they uncover more information, it also like leads to more questions. Cause it's sort of, there's an aspect of like what happened with Leia and Obi-Wan of like, well, we thought we knew the story and then all of a sudden they're like, hey, you remember that one time that Princess Leia and Obi-Wan Kenobi hung out for like two weeks? <laughs> and you're like, <laughs> you're like, wait, what? No, that didn't happen. It's like, no, yeah, that absolutely happened. It totally 100% happened. And now we've got this thing of like, hey, do you remember when the clone commandos were like uh, security in this specific, like uh, basically the, the this mountain fortress where the stormtrooper program was created. And you're like, no, no, I didn't know that. But that's, this is, this is completely new information, but in a real way. Hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, I, 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 I don't know. Like I'm, I'm at this point of like, don't we know how this goes, but also what, what else, what else do they have to tell us? Cause clearly they do. Right. Um, if you've listened to any of or read any of the interviews with, with the showrunners, they're like, well, that's why the show exists. Like they, they've said that a few times of like, well, that's why this show exists. And it's like, okay, so if I had to guess, not to attribute everything to Dave Filoni, but if I had to guess, Dave Filoni was like, mm, and then this is what happens with the clone troopers, I think. And now they're like, we have to make a show where that's what happens with the clone troopers, we think. Uh, <laughs> and so like, that's, that's what it's becoming, you know, and maybe, or yeah. maybe it even came from George originally, right? Like, like, cause you know, Dave is very fond of dropping the, well, when George and I talked about it, it's like, oh yeah. yeah, George. Yeah. When you and George were just sitting around having coffee and it's like, yes, yes. When we were sitting, having coffee, we, we talked about it. And he said, he said one sentence and now I have to figure out how that fits into the story. And now we're at the point where like Dave Filoni says one sentence and then uh, uh, Jennifer Corbett and Brad Rao have to figure out how that fits into the story. <laughs> uh, so anyways, I, I, I don't know. This, this is the hard part about doing the episode this way is it's like, is there anything else like important that we feel like we need to talk about? We've been talking for 40 minutes. And only like 10 of that was me talking about Luke Skywalker not being as cool as <laughs> the comic books want to make him out to be. He's not that cool, you guys. He's a, he's a, he's actually, look, here's the thing, you guys. He actually loses to the Emperor 
Okay? Like, I need everybody to understand this. He actually does lose the fight to the Emperor. The Emperor is going to kill him. Darth Vader kills the Emperor. Luke Skywalker doesn't do it. That never happened. He wasn't that uh, cool. I'm, I'm sorry. Ray kills the Emperor. <laughs> much to my chagrin. No. I said I wasn't going to talk <laughs> no. about it, Kyle. No. <laughs> Dude, we gotta, if I were a better podcast producer, this is where I would insert Vader going, no. <laughs> um, but that's the closest you guys are going to get. I need, You know what I need to do? Zencaster has like the soundboard and I really uh, need to get a go. few of those sorts of things onto the soundboard so that I can do that without having to yeah. worry about it. Um, just do it on the fly. Somebody, <laughs> then, uh, there are a few Ma- miscellaneous Mar- ones in there too. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mar- Marty, if you're listening to this, which I hope you are, but I, uh, if you're listening to this, can you just like isolate some sound effects for me and, and send them over in, in a, in a email and then I'll put them into the soundboard. He's uh, he'll do that. He'll do that. If he's listening, I guarantee it. Um, Awesome. I, I, okay. What, what other moments in these two episodes? It's even harder because it's two episodes. This will be easier next week because we'll just be talking about one, but when it's two episodes, like, and especially like two, like it's a two parter. So it's like, it all just kind of blends together. Right. I tech breaks his leg, but it doesn't really matter um it's just oh, a, yeah. he he limps around a wrecking a whole squad of stormtroopers by himself yeah yeah exactly like he's still awesome um <laughs> bad batch are op like that's just the way it is um wrecker became talk- a walking cannon that was fun. <laughs> yeah oh like yeah that. i love that <laughs> yeah. i'll make what a pretty it? good tank yeah i make a pretty good <laughs> tank is it is it like Let's let's just say it right now. Wrecker has all of the best lines, right? Like like oh, Wrecker yeah. always gets the good one-liners in the show. Um yeah, if anything, I feel like Hunter is like not important at all in this story, which is actually refreshing. It's actually good that Hunter is taking a bit of a backseat cuz so much of season 1 was about his his journey and Crosshair right? Like the sort of the two of them pitted against each other. I really like that. We're getting a little bit more of these other characters. Um, especially like Joe, you said, like, especially differentiating echo from tech so that we just don't have two. Yeah. Finally, you know? Um, but yeah, I, but you know what, let's talk about the outfits because there, I guess, I guess there's controversy on the internet about this. Some people actually don't like the new gear. Really? I don't I don't understand that. Yeah, I guess that there are some folks that are like that got like really emotionally attached to the to the the red, black, and gray color scheme. I I I am not one of those people. I really felt like that actually and I think that the showrunners would agree because of the direction that they took it. I feel like the edge lord red and black with skulls all over it like that hot topic clone trooper look <laughs> i think it actually like it played against what the show actually is right because the show is is really about this family of clones um and 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 it's actually more comedic than anything i i found that season 1 of bad batch was funnier than almost anything in clone wars like like there was there's legit good comedy writing in bad batch 
which like there's funny moments in the clone wars but i but when they try and do the comedy thing with the exception of the temple of doom jar jar episode i don't think that it <laughs> i don't think it works as much as they want it to like the Mieber Gascon stuff is so oh, hit and miss for oh me. Oh God! Right? Where it's, it's like it's just so miss for me. Yeah, like 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 I get what they're going for, but it just like it and and every once in a while it works, but like it just most of Clone Wars humor it kind of is in that zone. I feel like the writers that they've got on Bad Batch are much better at writing funny characters that are like organically funny, right? Like like what we just talked about with Wrecker, where he's like, "I'll make a pretty good tank." It's like. That's a like it's not like a like a gut laugh ha ha funny thing, but it is definitely like you are going to chuckle or at least like smirk at that gag of like, yeah, Wrecker, you're like three times the size of everybody else. Like, yeah, you're a good <laughs> tank. Um, but the fact that he just holds the turret and fires like and actually hits things right like it's 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 absurd. Um, and and in order for it to be absurd in that way, they have to like lean into it and be like, there's humor in this. There's humor in the fact that this clone trooper can pick up a tank turret and fire it. And it actually like you believe that it works, because if they did that in live action, I think we'd all be like, what? What? What just happened? But it's a lot like the helicopter lightsaber in Star Wars Rebels, where we go like. Yeah, okay, I'll allow it. <laughs> in Star Wars Rebels, I'll allow it. But in Obi-Wan, if one of the Inquisitors was like, curse you, Obi-Wan Kenobi, and then like flew off <laughs> with a with a helicopter lightsaber blade, you'd be like, no, that didn't work. That didn't work, you guys. Um even even like because I could I could have seen them trying to use it in like the again that the neon city planet, right? It when when um I, I, oh my God, her name has fallen out of my oh, head. Oh, when, when, yeah, when Reva's doing her like yeah, when, rooftop parkour. When Reva's stuff. doing the rooftop stuff, she's doing all the parkour and whatever. If she had whipped out the lightsaber and like, you know, to jump over one, one, uh, like long gap or whatever and like done the helicopter thing, it would have been like, ooh, I understand the reference, but I don't think that that, I, this is not the time or place, you guys. Um, so it's 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 similar where it's like we're in the Clone Wars animated style. It's still got that painted maquette look to it. So I believe it. I'm okay with it. You know, he can they can have superpowers in this. In live action, I don't necessarily want to see clones with superpowers. But yeah, I don't know. I just talked a lot. Anybody have anything to say about what I said? Well, just I mean, you had started that talking about the um, the outfits and how some people were still attached to like That's the Clone right. Wars style, which. It's funny because, like, I think, like, I could understand maybe having an attachment to, like, I, I don't have a strong attachment to it one way or the other, but I could, I could see maybe having a, a strong fondness or nostalgia for, like, just their origin within the Clone War series and that kind of being their original look and everything. But, like, yeah, it's kind of it goes against everything that, you know, sort of the trajectory of their character arc over the course of the season. They start out as this you know, this clone commando squad. And then it really is about them finding their humanity and finding the, you know, this family and family in each other. Um, and they're still soldiers in a sense, but like, they're not, you know, this is not the same bad batch going on demolition missions and, you know, playing fast and loose with the rules and all that kind of stuff. And also like, it makes them stand out like a sore thumb too. Um, mm -hmm. 
so yeah, I think this look, you know, is is much more suited to just sort of where they are in their journey and and where they are in the galaxy in this time period and everything. So I like it. And I mean, it feels natural. Like I think even either watching the trailers or watching even just watching these episodes for the first time, it didn't even register like, oh, new outfits. Like I almost had to remind myself like, oh, they haven't always looked like this. Yeah. Um, because again, it, in this in, yeah. in this environment of them being mercenaries and going out on adventures and stuff, like this look just feels like it fits. They feel so much more like themselves, and I and I think that like the key on that one to to me like 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 feeling like that is absolutely true is that tech didn't change, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like tech's outfit, the colors swapped a little bit. But his gear actually is almost identical to, to what it looked like in season one. And that's because out of all of them, Tech's gear is the, it, it was the most distinct, right? Like his, he, his absolutely, his character, Tech doesn't need to change. He doesn't need an arc. He doesn't need anything to happen with him because Tech is like distinct from the other clones already. Like just the the especially with like the hair the hair and the glasses that look just makes him so different from everybody else but then his armor being so different already it was like okay we're gonna swap some of the color palette but he had already his was already more the white than the the black right so i think that all they did was swap the red for orange and then they changed up his helmet um but like I think Hunter's changed the most because he's sort of added like all of these cloth pieces to it. He's got like his big scarf or whatever, right? Um, but uh, and it's like <laughs> the, he's probably really regretting the face tattoo at this point. <laughs> he's probably <laughs> like maybe the face tattoo skull thing was a little bit much. I probably could have just done this with paint um, <laughs> because it's like because he's kind of marked now forever. But I I. Uh, and there's the joke at the in in the first episode about it. It was like face tattoo, real subtle. I I, but I, yeah, like they they made them each like individually more distinct by like pulling out this one's got more of the blue, this one's got more of the orange, this one's got more like sort of just like more more fabric texture on on Hunter. I uh, Wrecker's still very much in his armor, but his armor, like the color of his armor has changed a lot. Um, I don't know. I like, I, I think it's a plus. Like I, like I love the new look so much. Um, Omega, especially because Omega now looks like a character that can handle herself. Um, just like from the visual standpoint, I'm not a huge fan of the helmet, but she doesn't wear it that often. So I don't think it'll bother me too much, but I, but it just like visually shows how much that character has matured and that she isn't um, and like right off the bat at the beginning of the episode when she's hanging off the side of the ship shooting and like saving the day basically. Um, I, and then even Hunter even like calls her out on it and she's like, yeah, but it was pretty fun. And they just kind of smile and it's like, okay, cool. Like, like it's not just a look like it is. There is a change in attitude. Like it, this is all, is all story driven, which I think is the other part of it that makes it like makes us just forget about it. It's like, oh, time has passed. Now we got this new new look, this new style. Um, we're actually gonna call our ship by its name. Uh <laughs> which like did they call it Marauder in season one? Did they ever yeah. call it the Marauder? Yeah, yeah they, they did. did. Okay. It's been the Marauder, yeah. Okay. Um, because on everything it's just called the Bad Batch ship. <laughs> like Bad Batch is 
transport or whatever uh like all the toys and stuff it's like okay i i but yeah i don't know joe what do you think what do you think about these these new looks for our for our boys i am honestly probably going to have a hard time articulating how i feel about it um so look i i know it's no secret that i love drawing clone boys and yeah. their cool guy armor and i love the fact that they got new cool guy armor and and I don't specifically have an attachment to the the season one look. Um, yeah. But for me, I think, and I'm kind of thinking out loud and kind of working through my feelings here like therapy. Um, <laughs> I don't quite understand why. Be, okay. So it's obviously I just established that like the armor was already so distinct from the regs armor anyway yeah. like obviously there's a lot of different types of armor in in the uh in the republic and uh, so they already kind of stood out to begin with so when they made this change which i agree it was it's obviously a very story driven character driven change to have them kind of say goodbye to that old life and and take on this new one i kind of feel like i wish they leaned into it all together and like if they were going to do it, get armor that's not clone armor at all. And I don't know if it's just the fact that, like, well, we have to keep some... They're not there yet all the way, so they need to, like, keep parts of the old armor and just, yeah. like, change pieces of it because they haven't fully transformed yet. Like, Echo is really starting to kind of change directions, and I don't know. Like, I, I don't... To me, like, it's it makes sense that they're changing the armor. And I agree with the idea of changing the armor and having them, you know, the visual representation of, you know, the metaphor of, of them stepping away from things. But like, at the same time, I don't know. It just, it doesn't make a lot of practical sense to me. Why would they, why would they change it? Why, why is Hunter more Hunter just because he has blue on his armor now? Um, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't really know. I don't, totally understand the purpose of it but i don't know if this is a another one of those wait and see moments is this going to go further is am i overthinking it because i overthink everything um i don't know i'm i'm kind of i don't know if i like it or not uh there there are like like the the tech thing um you know, you mentioned that he, he really didn't change his armor that much. But the one change that I like that stood out to me immediately is that his helmet no longer has on the earpieces, no longer has the like little 8-bit pixelated looking skull design that I really, really liked that had nothing to do with the Bad Batch uh, like yeah. logo. Like that was the uniquely tech thing that's now gone. And I'm like... I, I I can't make heads or tails of like what the changes are for for these designs, um, so I don't I don't know like I don't know yet. Um, I'm sure I'll get used to it. I'm sure none of this matters. I'm not gonna lose sleep over it. But at the same time, like when I when I think about specifically this design change, I don't know if I'm on board. If I'm lukewarm, I I I don't know. I don't know what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> that's fair um yeah no like i i like i i get some of that stuff and i do think that this is gonna be 
um, depending on how long this show goes, which I could see it being like four or five seasons. I think that that's their goal um, with the sort of the, the pacing of where the story is. Um, I think I, I also, I, this is a good point in the episode for me to point out. Yes, I have access to basically the season in its entirety right now. I have not watched anything else. Um, and I haven't done that because like, I, and here's the thing, like, I'll probably watch the new episode tomorrow. Like, I'll, like I won't stay up until midnight to watch it. Cause I'm going to stay up until midnight and watch Willow. But because I have access to it, I can just watch the new episode of Bad Batch whenever I feel like tomorrow. Because I've recorded now, I want to come into these recordings and be able to talk about this in the same way that you guys are talking about it. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't want to get ahead, right? Like because I feel like then all it'll be like that, like the episode, like our last episode, where I'm just like, well, I can't say anything, right? I don't want to do that. Like that's not, no. it's not going to be fun for anybody if I have to be quiet. <laughs> on the podcast it's kind of defeats the purpose of a podcast right so i want to be speculating and thinking about this stuff in the same way that you guys are so everything that i'm saying is coming from the perspective of having only seen the first two episodes of the season so far um but i i yeah like i think i think that each season we're gonna see these outfits progress i think at some point because of what's happening in the Mandalorian era of stuff. And the fact that again, as I said, lots last season, I think Omega will show up. I think, I almost think that she has to show up in that time period in order for any of this to even matter. Right. Like, like it's almost like bad batch has to be going on so that we can have a care that character show up there. And we've talked about before that, like we've got, we have, uh, uh, Bo-Katan who represents like sort of the, the, the royalty of Mandalore. We've got Din that represents like the, 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 the death watch faction or not that is, what is it? It's not death watch. What are the, what's theirs called? They were just the watch. Oh, the, the, watch, the right? children yeah, the of the watch, children, children of, the, of watch, the watch. Yeah. Right. So like the cultist sort of faction of Mandalore, you've got Boba who represents what we originally think of as Mandalorian. Right. But uh, who now also, for some reason, not for some reason, it's a very good reason, but in the, in, in terms of this conversation, for some reason represents um, the Tuscans as well. So let's fit the Tuscans into Mandalore as well. It's fine. Every there's room for everybody. Um, and then, and then I really think that like we need to bring in Omega to represent the clones. That like that the clone troopers were real Mandalorians, even if the Mandalorians don't think that they were real Mandalorians, right? Like that, like because what I'm hoping we're going for in that all of those shows. Uh, coming together all of these stories coming together is sort of like a restoration of mandalore and like a round table sort of vibe of like that like like obviously the dark saber is excalibur and din has it so he's kind of the king arthur and he's the he's the mandalore right but that he like the solution to his problem of not wanting to be the sole leader of mandalore is that he'll be like no we have a council like we had like this is a, like and and it'll be a round table and it'll be like direct reference to king arthur um that we'll get there eventually and i i firmly believe that that we should have omega there to represent 
the clones being that she is the most representative of the clones because she's Django, but genetically altered in this way. Right. Um, so I think that at some point in order to get us closer to that, at some point during bad batch, the full run of the series, we're going to see the bad batch intersect with Mandalorians and maybe even possibly go to Mandalore. And we might actually even get, some of the additional backstory maybe we will see what is the night of a thousand tears or whatever yeah like the like like it is entirely possible that bad batch (laughs) were there for those events right or at least like who knows at that point in the story which of the bad batch have survived that far right but it's entirely possible that 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 they were maybe even involved in some way because it is the empire and mandalore and they're like smack dab in the middle of that conversation if you ask me so i would like to and i think i said this last season it's so hard to remember because it's been over a year (laughs) but i i like a year and a half ago right um i i firmly believe that that at some point like like these characters are going to start to take on more mandalorian appearance and that that's kind of the point of them as as clones is that like the bad batch are actually like the most mandalorian out of any of the clone troopers because they are individuals and so like the way that you look at all of the the mandos in uh in season one of mandalorian like uh, the the watch right and we see like they've all got like different armor and and not just like color swaps on boba fett but that like paz vizsla has a completely different like uh outfit to to his gear than than mando or boba and like when you have these characters stand next to each other they are visually distinct in a way that is more than just color right and when we have the bad batch stand next to each other they are visually distinct in a way that is more than just their color schemes um so i think that eventually we'll get there of like like they'll they'll start to take on more mandalorian appearance um, and maybe even get like proper Mandalorian armor at some point, like like maybe even Beskar Mandalorian armor. Um, if if any of them do, Omega deserves to, right? Because like I I would really love to see a story with her and Boba crossing paths, right? And for it to be like I would love a story of like Boba didn't earn his armor, like he just it just you know it just came off of a dead guy, his dad. Whereas like Omega will have gone through things in order to actually like earn her armor. And there'll be like, you're not a real Mandalorian. You're not a real Mandalorian. And then when we get to like retroactively, we get to that scene in Mandalorian season two, where, where um, Bo-Katan's like, is, is it Bo-Katan or Koska Reeves? One of them is like, you're not a real Mandalorian. He's like, I never said I was, (laughs) which is, that is one of my favorite Boba Fett moments in, all of it where he's like no argument lady like like (laughs) like what are you talking about like it's so far off of his concern i want a backstory that tells us why he feels that way because i feel like clone clone wars boba fett was very much like yeah i'm a mandalorian right like yeah he yeah i don't know he seemed like he was more into the into that sort of like status vibe right so I don't know, like that's that to me when I see this change this season, that's kind of what I see, and I can almost 
when I look at the poster that they gave us at Celebration, and I look at at um at Omega, if she zipped that jacket all the way up to the top, it almost looks like the undersuit for Mandalorian armor, right? Like yeah, like I could very much see them like just like zipping that all the way up, and then she puts armor like the the vest with the with the chest piece over top of that and mm. and then like you're good to go she's a mandalorian now right get her a proper helmet um and uh like a you know like a bo-katan like a night owls style helmet and uh and you're good to go and that's what i drew her with so i i yeah so i i like i i i think that that's sort of like that'll be the the direction we go I I would really love to see Bad Batch be the ones who actually because of like Echo's whole thing and that it, once they all kind of come around to his way of thinking of like, no, we do have to fight against the Empire, that they eventually go to Mandalore and they're like, no, Mandalorians, like we got to fight against the Empire, right? And that that is what I don't know, but I have to look at the t- in I guess in the time period, like it's tough because that has to happen after Star Wars Rebels, right? Because in Star Wars Rebels, we go to Mandalore and Mandalore is intact at that point. So it happens at some point after Rebels. Well, you're talking about the whole, like, the Night of a Thousand Tears and all that? Yeah. Yeah, because that happens... I mean, we don't know exactly when it happens, but, you know, we saw that flashback in in the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that's sometime after Rebels when when, um, Bo-Katan's got the Darksaber and all that. Yeah, yeah. So it happens... Yeah. I mean, like, what what a great opportunity to have like those things come together, and and then also to inform why she would have such a an axe to grind with Boba, of like, I worked with clone troopers once, and it, it's like he's not a Mandalorian and he's not a clone trooper. He's just Boba. Leave him alone. He's more Tuscan Raider than anything nowadays. You guys, I I hey, I just like to go on record and say Book of Boba Fett was actually was actually good. I just want everybody to know that that that's how I feel because there's a lot of people after Andor that were like Book of Boba Fett was garbage because Andor was so good. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's not that's actually not fair. Book of Boba Fett was actually really good and also had two really really good episodes of The Mandalorian in the middle of it for some reason. But it <laughs> yeah. was but it was actually it was actually really good. Like those first three episodes are some of my favorite Star Wars for real. Uh, I just wish that they hadn't killed all the Tuskins, but whatever. Um, in any case, I like, I, like, I, I, I really, really want to see all of these things come together, obviously, which is why I'm like theorizing at all of the ways that they could. It's still, even though like, we're still so far away from that. If you imagine that we're going to go like, let's, let's imagine in like the most extreme sense, we go as many seasons as the clone wars, we go seven seasons, right? Which actually clone wars was, was like scripted to go i think eight and then they they scrapped so much of it that we got like a half season six and a half season seven but really there's like a whole another like two seasons of stories that we know exist that didn't get finished right mm-hmm. um uh, the ones that were in production for season for the full season six and then seven and then siege of mandalore would have been the end of season eight um, so let's imagine that we get that. Let's imagine that Bad Batch goes eight seasons and let's imagine that we've jumped a full year in this one, right? If it goes eight seasons, 
that could cover like 16, 17, 18, 19 years easily with time jumps, right? Um, and there could be better reasons for even more dramatic time jumps where like, you know, at some point we jump five years ahead or something like that, right? Um, who know, who, like who knows where the story is sort of slated to go uh, and, and what they want to do with it. But but I could see even if it goes five seasons and at some point we have like a more substantial time jump, we could definitely get to the era of Star Wars Rebels and we could have those stories like intersect. Uh, uh, not in a direct way, because I think that that would like really change Star Wars Rebels, but like have some characters that were heavily featured in star Wars rebels be heavily featured in the bad batch. Um, and, and, and sort of connect those dots a little bit, um, with the Mandalorian and all of that. Right. And Ahsoka. And cause obviously the Ahsoka series will be connected by virtue of Sabine being in there. And, uh, I, I don't know. It seems like maybe Thrawn is going to be the big bad for all of it like that. Cause they talked about, they were going to do like the thing where they do all of the series and it all comes together in one big in like basically a movie. Right. Mm-hmm. And it seems like maybe Thrawn is going to be the bad guy for that. But I, I, yeah, I would bet on that. Yeah. I was really, really banking on like, uh, I really want them to like make Thrawn a good guy. <laughs> what i know i know that i'm like because this is the thing about thrawn thrawn is not evil thrawn is opportunistic and i i like like i don't know he's cunning and he's like he's very intelligent and he just he just happened to flourish under the empire right like that was the place where he could achieve the most power but it was never the type of power like Palpatine where it was like power to subjugate, right? Like Thrawn's thing is just like control sort of thing, which is not necessarily like, again, he's not, he's not evil. So I can see like you making Thrawn a sympathetic. I mean, like this is the thing, the, the books make Thrawn a sympathetic character. If you like, I haven't even read all of them. I've, 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 I don't read any of them because I don't read Star Wars books. I listened to most of the one that has Anakin in it, the one where it's like the two of them, mm-hmm. um, and where it's like switching back and forth between like Anakin and Vader and Thrawn in both time periods, um, and then one of the other ones I can't remember which one, but one of the other ones I I listened to a bit of. And like those books make him a very sympathetic character, where you're like, actually, like maybe he's not all bad. Um, and I could like Ezra, if any, if anybody could make Thrawn turn over a new leaf over the course of like 20 years, it's Ezra. Ezra Bridger could do that. He's that annoying um, in a good <laughs> way. I, so I don't know. I, that, 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 that is my opinion. And I, I would much rather see, but again, like that's, I, 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 I wrote that fanfic and posted it on Twitter when I did that drawing of like what I thought, you know, like Ezra and, and Thrawn would look like in like a, a sequel to star Wars rebels, um, like grown up, uh, adult Ezra and, uh, and, and old man Thrawn. And I gave him a beard and then like a bunch of people on the internet got really mad at me. Cause they were like, Chiss can't grow facial hair. And I was like, that's dumb. Yeah, because because I drew Thrawn with a beard and he looks great. 
And and also like if Thrawn's gonna be played in live action, I think Pierce Brosnan would be great. And Pierce Brosnan, if you saw look, Black Adam was a terrible movie. If you take one thing away from that movie, Pierce Brosnan looks fantastic and he's got a great beard in that movie. I I like yeah, I wish I could I wish I looked that fantastic at any point in my life, much less when I'm like in because I think he's like in his late sixties, if not like maybe older than that. I I yeah, and he looks he looks fantastic. And can you imagine paint him blue, give him that beard, slick back his hair, be great as Thrawn. Give him give him a bumpy forehead because he's an alien. So now he's got a bumpy forehead because that's what they did in Rebels. Just don't because you like hey uh, in Obi Wan, it's okay. We can make a a, a, a an uh not quite so freakish. <laughs> Uh, let's let's not go through that again (laughs) (laughs) what different did it make a difference to the story of obi-wan no no i'm just saying i'm just saying i don't want you just don't want to you don't want i don't want to have to hear about it whiny fanboys yeah 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 i understand i understand i know i know that you're not one of those people i understand yeah no and i'll fully admit like i was not a fan of the grand inquisitor's look when we first saw it in the trailers and by the end of the series didn't bother me anymore yeah, it made no difference. Um, I'm sure I'll be fine with Thrawn regardless of how he looks as long as they do justice to the character and he has a good role in the story. But I I just can't imagine the, the backlash, the discourse on Twitter if people don't like the way that Thrawn looks. Yeah. Are we talking about Bad Batch on this episode? I can't remember. <laughs> um, I don't know. I think we did it. I think that's an episode. I think we've discussed this one. Sereno was cool. Sereno was cool. cool. I was happy yeah. to go back there. I always yeah. like when when it's it's cool when they add new planets, but I don't know what it is. Whenever whenever this show or really anything else kind of directly references Clone War stuff, it just makes me feel warm and fuzzy. Well, the the yeah. way that we went to Dooku's actual office again, and then the the trap door was a thing. Yeah, I, I, and it was like, hey, remember when Dooku had a trap door in his office and like slid out in his pajamas? You guys remember that? They did that in the Clone Wars, and it was very serious. (laughs) That was the uh, that was when Asajj Ventress tried to kill him, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Well, no, he didn't. He didn't escape out the trap door though. He threw them out the window. Oh, is that right? when does he use the trap door? Uh, you know, I was just thinking door. about that. That's on a separatist cruiser. That's the episode yeah. where uh, where Anakin and Obi Wan are going oh, after. Him. It's, the, yeah, first, it's, it's yeah. the first episode with Hondo. He's like in his yeah. meditation room or whatever right. on the on the separatist cruiser. And, and he's the, the trap one with, yeah. when Savage shows up and Ventress and somebody uses a trap door in that orc. At oh, some point, they definitely yeah, use yeah. that trap door in his office. But the but here's the thing, like like I think we just uncovered a secret Count Dooku continuity, which is that the dude just loves a trap door. They should <laughs> he should be Count Trap Trap Dooku. That's that's his new name. Uh, North Trap Anas. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, no, but it was definitely cool being back there and like and 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 seeing that environment again, but with this new perspective. And uh, uh, yeah, it was it was because it was like it was sort of just like, oh, we're on this this landing pad and whatever. And, you know, Sereno, I guess, whatever. It, cool. 
And then the second that we're in that environment, it was like, oh no, we're like in Dooku's castle. Like this, yeah. that's where we're at right now. And all of a sudden it felt that way. And it was like, there was, it's funny to say that there, like it, there was nostalgia for Clone Wars because yeah, it like, we're talking about a season that was, cause what's that season four or is that five? Th- uh, no, it was three where they go to his castle. Is that season three? Yeah, the first time that we night, yeah, night wow. the Savage yeah, Press yeah, episodes, yeah. So we're talking about we're we are talking mm-hmm. about uh 2010, like, 11, right? 2010, yeah, 2010. Yeah. Yeah, like we're talking about 12 years ago. I uh, so you, you can absolutely have nostalgia for 12 years ago. <laughs> My life was very different 12 years ago. Um <clears throat> but yeah, I I it, it was really cool, but but it was also a little bit disjointed with the story that we just got in um, Tales of the Jedi, where Dooku is like, this everything is corrupt. The Senate is corrupt. Everything's corrupt. And then for them to turn around and be like, Dooku was stealing, like he was pillaging other planets. But... And, I don't his, know, like own. I, and his own. Yeah, it, it's like, I guess you can justify it in the sense that like Anakin turned to the dark side for what he saw as altruistic reasons to save the people that he loved from dying. Right. And then immediately went to the Jedi temple and started murdering children. So like the dark side, right? The dark side corrupts. Yeah. It's like meth. Not, not even once. Right. (laughs) Like (laughs) that's the, that's the, the PSA on that one. Yeah. Like the dark side, not even once. Like you, all it takes is one bad decision and you're murdering younglings, uh, in your, in your old house. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, so like, I, I guess that that makes sense, but it was just like those stories coming so close together, I think is the, is the part that makes it feel disjointed of like, like it really felt like they were trying to like, again, make Dooku a sympathetic character of like and I still need to design this but like I really need to to make something so that so that Joe you can have it to take uh to distribute at uh, uh celebration it was something with that says Dooku was right because uh, <laughs> because Dooku was right he was and if only Yaddle had been more convincing and they could have they could have defeated Palpatine together no they just both would have died wouldn't they Palpatine just like he just he just murders like half the Jedi Council in like three moves. You see, you guys seen that video that's been going around lately oh, of, awesome. of like, what the fight sequence was supposed to be? Oh, I love oh yeah, this. it's so much better. I don't understand yeah. what happened there. It's, it's I George know. George want because I actually watched a video like a deep dive on that. George wanted um, Ian to be doing the fight. He wanted Ian in the close-ups. They he he didn't want to CG Ian McDermott, you know, doing yeah. it on someone else's body. So yeah. they actually arrived the day of that. They had all of the stuff choreographed and planned out, obviously. And then it was it came time to shoot it. And I think there's even behind the scenes footage of Ian saying like, "Yeah, I had to learn this in like fifteen twenty minutes." Interesting. Because because he couldn't keep up with the the he couldn't obviously do the extended 
choreography. So. Oh yeah, no, yeah. yeah. That was all those like um, shots of him awkwardly yeah. like just swinging the sword back and forth, tapping the swords. It's because it, because that those clips that are going around right now, it's like that choreography is some of the best. Yeah, that, like had that been in the movie, I think like. And I mean, it's it's hard because Battle of the Heroes is so incredible, but it's also like so long that it becomes a little bit ridiculous at a certain point. Yeah, I think we all know what point that is where it becomes ridiculous. Um, it's a very specific moment where the fight becomes absurd, and then everything after that, you're like, it doesn't matter that they're doing cool stuff. There was like, there was a solid three seconds where they were just swinging lightsabers next to each other in circles and not making <laughs> contact and. I know that George had an idea there, but it 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 doesn't it it doesn't execute the way that he thinks that it does. It's uh, anyways, um, yeah, like that, like that choreography. First of all, it would have made Kit Fisto and the others not look like such punks for just like. <laughs> it's. I love the idea though that they rolled in and they were like, they were like, he's an old man, right? Like, what's he yeah. gonna do? <laughs> My headcanon is still that that unprepared. fight goes down. My my headcanon is still that that fight goes down the way it does in the novel and not in the actual movie. Yeah, it's so much how does it, how does book. it go down in the novel? It's been a long time since I. Once so again, Palpatine, the Palpatine basically sort of plays mind games with them, and he's also just so much faster than he is in the movie. But he's mm. you know they come in to arrest him, and he at first he's kind of playing coy and is like. I don't know what you mean, me being a Sith Lord. And he's also recording it. Like, he, he yeah. records part of the conversation to play for the Senate later that makes yeah, him sound yeah, yeah. super innocent. And he's just, like... Just the audio. It, just right, the right, audio right. Yeah, and it's like, because, you know, Sacy Tin is there, and he's like, Master Tin, you're a telepath. Like, read my thoughts. You know, you can tell I'm not a Sith Lord. And then as Sacy Tin is, like, concentrating trying to sense Palpatine's thoughts, he ignites the lightsaber, flashes across the room, and stabs him through the forehead. And then while okay. all the Jedi are still like, what the heck just happened? He spins and cuts Agent Kolar's head off. And then it's just him versus Mason Kit Fisto within like two seconds. Not the whole okay. Okay. spin, strike yeah. an angry pose. And, you know, they just yeah. stand there and take it. And he's also playing it up for the recording saying, oh, what are you doing? No, what, what's going on? And like, he's just yeah. slaughtering them. It's awesome. Yeah, okay. it's so good. Yeah, it's I know. I, I, as you are like saying it, I'm recalling because I've only listened to the audiobook for that once. Um, although I've read many excerpts on, you know, Twitter and Tumblr and whatever in the years, yeah. cause so much of, like that is the best novelization, right? Like any yeah, like yeah. the movie, movie, movie to novel. I mean, like revenge of the Sith, that novelization made me reevaluate how I felt about revenge of the Sith. Cause I remember initially not really liking it that much feeling like, like so much of it was just like rushed. Right. Cause it is, I mean, like, 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 I think we can all be honest you know, uh, all these years later and say like, there's a lot about revenge of the Sith. That's like really wish that we could have like, you know, slowed this down and broken this out into two more movies and like into, into a whole other, you know, two movies, uh, instead of just the one. Cause the, all of the stuff with the, with the, the Jedi dying and stuff, it's like, it just all happens in the blink of an eye. But, uh, but that's I, kind of the whole point though. No, it it is, but like, but it's also like, there's so much of that story that we as huge Star Wars fans have all of this extra context for, and we understand that like the general audience does not 
get communicated to them because it's not in the movies. It's not in any of the movies, right? Like, like you have to you have to consider from the perspective of somebody who's a casual Star Wars fan who likes Star Wars and remembers what happened in Attack of the Clones, and they're sitting there going like, "So at some point, are we going to find out anything about that Sifo-Dyas guy?" Right? <laughs> and it's like, it for us, we're that's like, that's my mom. That's my mom. You just yeah. described. Like, bingo, right? And I think that it's actually most of the audience of Star Wars fans. Um, if we're not going to be, like, lame and gatekeeper about it. Like, because I'm not even talking about, like, those of us who, like, are on podcasts and dissecting stuff. I'm talking about the majority of people at Star Wars Celebration are not as deep into this stuff as we are. We are in, like, the top 5% of crazy people that love Star Wars. Um it's not healthy what like where our obsession goes <laughs> to with it. it like to the extent that like i require to also record my voice and put it on the internet and then get validation from other people who are even crazier than i am to tell me that like yeah you're smart and you know things about made up space wizards right so well, do like, you remember it's... when when solo came out and everyone's like darth maul's alive does this take exactly or phantom menace i was like exactly. really there's like yeah. so many people were confused well, by that. Like, okay, let's even like let's 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 peel the onion back even further and get to the core. Do you remember <laughs> when episode one came out and they had to redo the titles of all of the Star Wars movies so that everybody could understand this is before A New Hope. <laughs> this is a prequel. And like, there's so much PR that they had to do. So much of the publicity was in explaining to, to the average human who has more important things to worry about that. This star Wars is star Wars that takes place before the other star Wars, because they just called the first three movies, star Wars one, two, and three. And then you're like, you mean a new hope empire strikes back and return of the Jedi. And then they respond which one's the one with the teddy bears? And then you go, cool, this conversation is over. Uh, <laughs> right? Like, these are the people that we're talking about who are then like, I don't understand. Why? Where is Luke Skywalker? And you're like, no, that is not how this happens. So the little kid is Luke Skywalker? No, that's no, this is that's not what this is. Like, there were people that were legitimately that confused. And I'm not saying that those people are dumb. I'm saying that those people just don't care about things. In movies, this is probably a very a very silly question on my part, but I am being genuine when I'm asking it. Yeah. Did the word prequel exist before that movie? Because everyone's everyone, and I'm not just talking about like Star Wars fans. I feel like whenever anyone says the prequels, everybody understands we're talking about those Star Wars yeah. movies that came out starting in the late nineties. And I don't think I ever heard the word. I mean, you know, granted, I was like, I don't know, what, 12, 11? When, when they started throwing that word around. Um, the, the etymology, according to a quick Google search, the etymology of the word prequel comes from the 1950s. So, okay. like, like in the English language, being a relatively young language to begin with, right? Because English is a, an amalgamation of a whole bunch of other languages. That's only really like, I th I think like English as we speak, it is only even a, a couple hundred years old, right? Because you go back to Shakespeare and it was a different language that we have to like study in, in order to translate. It's this, like, it's the same language, but the 
vernacular is so so vastly different so the night for some this to be the 1950s prequel is a very new word like that is a very new word so although it existed before the star wars prequels i would i would go ahead and say that it was not popularized in the english vernacular until george lucas was like these are prequels and then everybody went oh they're the prequels and and so is it is he the one who made prequel a word no but is he the one who made prequel a part of our language yes i would i would say so i yeah the the term came into general usage usage in the 1970s 1980s um interesting that the history of the word prequel i let's see a uh, uh, butch Su- butch and sundance the early days may have introduced the term prequel into the mainstream the term has since been popularized by the star wars prequel trilogy uh but that is that that then has like unreliable source as the citation on it so mm-hmm. um but i would go ahead and say like no I, I think that this is i don't know about butch and sundance the early days but but i would say that this thing about the star wars prequels is absolutely spot on like it was it was it was not a main thing until uh ooh, here we go usage rather than being a concept distinct from that of a sequel a prequel still adheres to the general principle of serialization defined only by its initial chronology and publication order for example star wars episode one the phantom menace 1999 is a prequel to star wars episode six the return of the jedi 1983 but is only a predecessor of Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones because of the release order. Likewise, 1984's Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom is a prequel to 1981's Raiders of the Lost Ark in that it is sent, set in 1935, one year before the first film. Hilarious that the two examples in the usage are both George Lucas because George Lucas is like... <laughs> uh, but the thing about the thing about Temple of Doom is that te- that's a retcon. Temple of Doom was not set in 1935 until like, like that, that came like later. They changed that and went like, Oh, the Nazis aren't in it because it happened before. I if never I, knew that. If, if I, I recall correctly, it was, it wasn't until it wasn't until like the DVD release or something that it was like, a, that it was like official. The, the DVD hmm. box set when they first put it out on DVD had the years, it had like a chronology in it. Of, of and i think like that was the f- like that might have been one of the first times that that chronology was published i'll bet you anything that it's pablo's fault um <laughs> that that's in the dvd box set because <laughs> he would have been lo- working at lucasfilm at the time so um yeah i don't know we don't need to get into a whole thing about about indiana jones in this bad batch episode <laughs> <laughs> well see, kids, uh, ask silly questions that you might feel dumb asking because you will learn something yeah, Hopefully. no. I, I, <laughs> look, here's the thing. Bad Batch is a pre sequel, right? Like, oh my god, it is. It is both a sequel to the Clone Wars and a prequel to Star Wars Rebels at the same time, right? Like, it, because of where it falls in the chronology. If we're just gonna it, like, and if we look at it just in the larger sense of Star Wars, obviously, right? Like, but but also. Like an Obi Wan Kenobi, I feel like for the movies is a pre sequel, right? Like, it's it, it's it's a prequel to A New Hope, but it's a sequel to Revenge of the Sith. Like, we need a new term for what these bridge stories are. There and I don't know if that is like if it, yeah, like 
it's a uh, it, it yeah like they they're star wars defies uh like definition right it just it it doesn't it doesn't want to be put into those into those categories which people should realize people should recognize that and just be okay with it um and i'm talking to myself as well just i should just i really need to get over the marvel comics but i won't because <laughs> they're dumb uh and every time i try and read them i'm like wait what are you what who are these extra bounty hunter characters that were also trying to capture boba fett uh, han solo in between empire and jedi like ha- there is no way that all of this happened in between these movies i don't care <laughs> shadows of the empire still happened i don't care Sh- shadows I of the empire care. is a stretch like that's the thing is that like when you reach Shadows of the empire the only thing about that that like makes you go like okay i'm willing to i'm willing to entertain all of this is that it gives us a little bit more of like luke training in the force and building his lightsaber and so we go okay yeah okay now it makes sense that he can show up at Jabba's palace and be a badass right like because because without that you're kind of like what happened how long was this right how long was han and carbonite um but i i but then the comics are just like and then 10,000 things happened. Every day of the three years between Empire and Jedi, something ridiculous happened to Princess Leia, Luke Skywalker, and Chewbacca. And 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 also sometimes Han Solo and Carbonite. Like, you know. <laughs> Although in Shadows of the Empire, because uh, Bosk gets them um, from Boba, right? Bosk steals them away from Boba, and then the Houndstooth gets destroyed. But Han survives the destruction of the Houndstooth because carbonite is almost indestructible isn't that isn't that happens in in that right i've never read shadows of the empire i've played the video game and read the comic books i don't i don't remember if it was if it was that order but the houndstooth does get this no wait we might be thinking of the ig2000 maybe it's the ig2000 yeah he is definitely han is definitely stolen from boba fett at one point and then boba destroys the ship that Han, like the, the carbonite block is on, knowing that Han will be fine. I think you're right. You might be right. Because the yeah. carbonite will protect him because it's almost indestructible. Yeah. Which is like, and, and it's like, really? Is it? Because if it is, why aren't all the ships made out of carbonite? Yeah. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you plate your ship in carbonite if that's the case? It doesn't seem like it's that hard to get if Lando's just like mining it. You just put Luke in it. Anyways. I. Uh, the Bad Batch season two episodes one and two spoils of war and ruins of war were good and we liked them. <laughs> and that's what happened. That is true what story. Right. I think that's, I think that's it. Here's, here's, here's the, here's the true review for me though. I really, really enjoyed these two episodes and I'm so glad that we have the Bad Batch back say that five times fast i but the story in these two episodes is completely forgettable for me and i say that having completely forgotten the story and needing to rewatch it today before we recorded because like i watched them more than two weeks ago and granted christmas was in between and i i like a bunch of stuff happened in my life like uh, i got really sick and you know like it was just like it sucked i i 
so I had a lot of things to like distract me from the point that that happened. And I also can't think about anything other than Willow because the season finale is tomorrow. Um, mm. And I'm very excited about it. Are you guys watching Willow? Are you guys watching this show? I have not started it yet. I want to. Joe? No, I haven't started. I don't, e- I don't even remember the film, honestly. Yeah, see, that's my problem is I didn't, I've never seen the movie. And I started watching it. And I feel like it's just one of those movies that you kind of have to have had grown up on yeah. in the 80s. Otherwise, you, you just kind of miss the boat. And so I'm like, I'm having a hard time getting through the movie. But I'm one of those people that like, if there's a series that's a sequel to a movie, I got to watch the yeah. movie first. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's very unfortunate. <clears throat> it is not like Cobra Kai where like you start watching Cobra Kai and like Crystal had not. Crystal has seen Karate Kid because I am a massive Karate Kid fan. Uh, like like I have been since I was a, a very young human being, um, particularly Karate Kid 2. I just, I, I don't know why, but that one, in Japan, right? It just like fascinated me. I was yeah, just like, this yeah, is so cool. cool. Um, and the, and the, the, the end fight in Karate Kid 2 is better than the end fight in Karate Kid 1. And I'll fight anybody, not karate style, but like argument style <laughs> I, I, to, to the death on that one um because that end in the ruins right it's so cool it's so badass such a great such a great moment um but like you watch cobra kai and then like like i i got crystal to start watching cobra kai with me that's how i got to get her to watch willow i'll tell her it's like cobra kai because she loves cobra kai and it and i was like uh it was going into i think season three of cobra kai i was like i want to go back and rewatch all of the karate kid movies and and actually like because i i hadn't watched three in forever um and i'd never seen the next karate kid which is the hillary swank one the fourth one and it's canon because miyagi's in it so it it matters and hopefully it comes up in the next season of cobra kai we'll get there uh for cobra kai fans which is not tangential because cobra kai is the best star wars that's come out in the last 10 years i i and if you've watched it then you know exactly what i'm talking about better than the sequel trilogy it's amazing um but cobra kai is an example of like you go and you watch that new show today that is in some ways actually better than the source material but then you go back and you watch the first karate kid movie and you go well maybe not karate kid is a masterpiece like karate kids (laughs) might karate kid the first karate kid might be one of the best movies ever made and does it have flaws does it have issues yes this is all of a sudden turned into an episode of perfect 10 i was just gonna say did you do your perfect (laughs) 10 for that movie yet i have not yet but i will one day because karate kid is like it it, it's just like when we talk about the 80s and how movies in the 80s there was just something there was there was just something about storytelling in that time period it was really it even though everybody behind the scenes was coked up and out of their mind (laughs) on all sorts of drugs and power tripping and all of that sort of thing. And and definitely it was not a great environment to be in. It produced some of the most amazing story, like the late seventies to mid eighties is like to me. And maybe that's just the age. And cause I'm sure that Joe, you probably feel very similar, right? It's like, that's just like, that's what movies are. And everything that comes out now is just trying to be what those were and is like to varying degrees. Sometimes they hit it like Top Gun Maverick. And most of the time they don't, right? You go back and you watch Karate Kid and you're like, this is amazing. I'm so glad that I went back and watched Karate Kid. Uh, And it makes Cobra Kai that much better. Unfortunately, Willow does not do that. If you didn't watch Willow in the 80s, 
then as a kid, like you probably are not going to enjoy it now. I will say that like you could probably find a summary video on YouTube of Willow of the actual story points of it with the most important clips. You will watch that and you'll be fine because it really doesn't have that much bearing on the show. The show is its own thing as much as it is a direct sequel and like obviously Warwick Davis is in it and he is Willow and like he's one of the central characters and you know like there are children of characters from the first movie in the series. So there is a direct like lineage and and, uh, continuity going on there in terms of like being able to enjoy Willow. The, the central characters of the story, you really don't have to have seen the first movie. There's, there will be some, there will be some references that you won't get. And there will be some, like a learning curve of like, wait, what, how does magic work? And that sort of thing. But honestly, I think you just power through the first three episodes and by the fourth one, if you are enjoying the characters, it won't matter. Um, so for anybody who's reluctant because they are not a fan of the movie, I would just say like, give the show a chance. It, especially if you like angsty romance, like if you, like if, if you're like, and uh, like you take the action figures and smush their faces together to make them kiss like, like a <laughs> uh, uh, dark helmet in space balls, then <laughs> then you will enjoy the hell out of Willow because it is so much about just like really great characters and character dynamics. And like, like what happens when these two characters go off and have a conversation and then these two characters go off and have a conversation. Like that's the whole show. And then the plot is just ways to get them into those situations. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's very much about the characters and not as much about like the plot and the world. Like it's a, it's a really, really good D and D campaign. Like that's that's how I sort of picture it. Like that's how I feel about it. And then the mythology and stuff. Again, if you liked Solo and you thought like John Kasdan did a really good job with Solo, with writing that. Obviously, he wrote that with his dad, but um, but the, but it really was his story. At the end of the day, um, then then I think that you you will greatly enjoy Willow. And I, I, there are a great many people watching it and it has a really, really great fandom online right now, but it could be, it could be bigger and it could be more. And, and, and I think that there are a lot of star Wars fans who would actually really enjoy it. If you want it, if, especially if you wanted Ray and Kylo Ren to smush their faces together, like if you, if that was a thing that was really important to you while you were watching those movies, then you need to watch Willow. You really need to watch Willow. If you're still mad about a certain thing that happened in 2019, uh, then you need to watch Willow because it'll it'll help you get over that. And then you won't even need to say out loud the thing that you're mad about anymore because it doesn't matter because now we got Willow. So uh, go watch it and like binge it all because the season finale is, if you're listening to this the day that it drops, it's tonight at midnight. Or if you're listening to this after the fact, it's eight episodes, it's eight episodes, but man, they will just like, they will fly by. Look, the first two episodes are a little bit rough because there's a lot of like establishing the characters and you don't know the dynamic yet. And it's kind of like you, the show is finding its footing at the same time that the audience is. So there's a little bit of like, is this going to be good? I promise you if it get to the fourth episode, 
in the fourth episode, it starts like like all firing on all cylinders, and the story really, really, really gets into high gear. But even like the end of the third episode, there's a fight scene that is just fantastic. Um, yeah, it's a, it is a really, really cool show, and I just I really want more people to watch it because I need a season two, and it has one of my now favorite characters in media of like the last ten years in in Thraxis Borman. He is amazing such a good character he's like the he's kind of their rogue he's han solo he's the han solo archetype in this story and he's just like he's the best he's the best you guys he's he's very pretty and he's very funny and he's tall uh is sort of his defining characteristics uh you saying that's the reason i should watch it (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just watch star wars and watch han solo (laughs) I think no, I I'm, I'm kidding. I you actually sold me when you said uh, it's a really great D and D campaign. I was like, okay, yeah, it is. It it because because it is like each of these characters they actually like. There's even you know the element of playing D and D of like playing tabletop role playing games where like a a, a a a player will make a reference in character to something pop culture outside, but you're like your character wouldn't have that knowledge because that's yeah. our world. Yep. There are moments in Willow that do that, but they, they do it. They do it without like directly referencing things, but while like totally side eye, like table talk referencing like meta referencing pop culture stuff. And it's like expert. It's, it's so expert that I have to imagine that it's intentional that like John Kasdan has played D and D I mean, like, also, I just, I, I look at John Kasdan and I listen to him talk and see his mannerisms. And I also, off of that, assume that he has to have played D&D. Uh, or, I mean, tabletop role-playing game. But I don't, we don't need to, D&D isn't the only thing. It's just the shorthand because of Stranger <laughs> Things stuff. But, I, but yeah, like, it, it's, I, yeah. Sorry, I had to. I had to proselytize just a little bit about Willow in this episode. I was supposed to do weekly recap episodes of that. And then I got sick and it just like ruined everything. And then Christmas happened. And like, I just fell so far behind that now I'm not, we, I put out episodes one and two. Um, but I, uh, instead of catching up, trying to, I was going to try and catch up this week and that didn't happen. Um, instead of that, I'm just going to, do a full season recap and I'm going to bring on Ty black from wit and folly and uh, let her talk a whole bunch about the awesome like lore and myth building and stuff like that. That's in the, in the show. It is, it is such a smart show and I don't think it's getting credit for how well it's written because people are kind of just like judging it on its surface and not really seeing the the layers the many layers underneath of of what's actually going on um which is why i say watch the show and then go listen to what the force because uh uh, marie claire and missy are doing they they're doing a series following willow on that show that that like their deep dives into like the myth and symbolism of of the show is like sometimes when we talk about myth and symbolism in star Wars, sometimes it can be a bit of a stretch or sometimes we're talking about things are like that are like byproducts or unintended 
reference or like things that are that, that get put into story subconsciously. And sometimes what the force can kind of get into that stuff and be like, well, if we look at this and it's like, this is why this part of the story resonates and stuff. And so sometimes you're, it's like, you feel like we're stretching a little bit in order to make those connections. Willow, there is no stretching happening here. It's absolutely in the text, like a hundred percent. John Kasdan and the writer's room are like putting these archetypes and these, these mythological and fairy tale references in on purpose in the same way that they're putting the pop culture stuff in on purpose. Like there's no doubt when you listen to the, to the two of them talk uh, (laughs) about the show that like there, there are so many layers to this story. Um, So yeah, I, it's, it's really, really good, you guys, and I love right. it so much. Here's here's what I'm going to do. My sleep schedule is very, 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 very backwards right now. Uh, <laughs> it is currently 2 a.m. Yeah. I got about five hours of sleep just before I woke up at, I think, 1045 to record this podcast. Yeah. What I'm going to do is I'm going to make myself some breakfast, and I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to watch the first two episodes of the show before I start okay. working. And, uh... I will report back to I'm probably not on the Bad Batch podcast, but I will report back on how I feel about it. Good. I'm glad. Kyle? I will. No, I'm here. I'll I'll just left the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I am not going to go watch Willow right after this. I'm going to go to bed, but I do plan on watching it at some point. And maybe I will just watch a recap video because honestly, like I've heard you and other people saying good things about it and it's like, I want to watch it. I just feel like I got to get through the movie yeah. first so I know what's going on. So I Dude. I got like halfway through the movie. I didn't yeah. hate it. It's just one of those where like I was kind of enjoying it. Like I'm I'm tracking. I'm but like I was on my phone and doing other stuff. And it's just like I don't feel like it's I hard. need to keep watching this. So the the movie but, yeah. is really difficult. If anybody does want to watch the movie first, just go into it knowing that it is <laughs> all of the things that I said about how the '80s were like the perfect time period for movies and storytelling it's funny because at the same time there's a lot of 1980s storytelling that is like oh this is very rough around the edges and we haven't quite figured out how to make a good movie yet um and willow is a good example of that where like i don't know if it's ron howard's is it ron howard's first directing job like is that the first time that he directed a movie because i feel like it's i mean it's so early in his career that that it's one of the first and and obviously he got the job because of his connection to George Lucas, right? Like, like I, I Willow exists, I think, for two reasons. Ron Howard wanted to direct a movie, and and uh, George wanted to write a movie for for Warwick, right? Like that was like he, like he literally wrote Willow for Warwick Davis to star in, because um, he had these ideas or whatever. But then when and then was like. I'm going to make this movie with you. Right. Like that's why it exists. So uh, I, I, I firmly believe that it's like those two reasons. He was just like, I like you and I like you and I'm going to produce a movie. So, so that you guys can make this. And it's like, there's, there's a good hour that you could cut out of Willow and it would be mm-hmm. fine. Oh, God. It would be fine. Um, but that other hour has some of the coolest stuff in film the the battle in, at tira's lean is like 
Mad Mardigan is such a cool character and it's tough because there's a lot of stuff that you got to put up with in between there. But when you get to that point in the movie and he puts on that armor and he single-handedly defends that castle against a horde of evil soldiers while trolls and a dragon are like fighting Willow inside it. And he like spoilers, he kills the dragon and, and like he's just he's so red it's val kilmer right like in the 80s in his prime i i it's it's so good dude it's so good so it sounds like i just like stopped before the good half of the movie where did you stop did you stop in this Uh, like the snow part i don't remember there being snow i remember what's the mad mardigan or whatever i remember a part where they like freed him from a cage and there's one part where he's like dressed up as a woman and like hitting on some other dude's wife or something did you get to the wagon chase i yes okay yeah with the little tiny dudes right they were like yeah yeah Yeah, the brownie i think that's about where i stopped so like the wagon chase is awesome it takes a long time to get to the wagon chase and then there's a lot between the wagon chase and the next great action scene um so like there it's 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 a slow movie it is a lot of room to breathe in it but um yeah it, it it's worth it it's worth it to get to to get to the end of the second act and then like the third act has some pretty cool stuff in it too that terrified me as a kid uh at one point all of the heroes get turned into pigs and hmm. uh it's as a kid because because i watched it when i was like six years old <laughs> so i recently because i want crystal to watch willow with me the show so i was like let's watch the movie and i haven't watched the movie all the way through since i was a kid and there's a very good chance that i've actually never sat down and watched willow all the way from beginning to end until i did with crystal like a week ago like it was like yeah it was the day before New Year's, <laughs> the day before New Year's Eve, so the the 30th or whatever. Um, <clears throat> and we sat down and we watched it and she did not like it. <laughs> and I was like, I was like, you have to understand that, like, like, it's the 80s. And she's like, yeah, no, I get it. I just it wasn't a good movie. Like, That's fair. <laughs> there's a scene. There's a scene where the trolls show up and like they're like crawling on the walls and stuff. And like, I am not joking. I had like a visceral fear reaction to it because all of a sudden I was like seven years old in my brain and like they showed up and it was like, and, and rationally in my brain, I can see the dudes in suits. It is very obvious that they're dudes in suits. It's not great makeup. Okay. They are not great suits. It doesn't matter because like, that is like a, it's like a core memory. Is that, that's how the kids say it these days. Like that is like, that movie is a core memory for me of like, of like, I'm going to sit through this. I'm going to watch it. I'm not going to close my eyes this time. I did the same thing with Jurassic Park in 1993 when I was like eight of like the T I had to go to that movie three times in the theater in order to finally see the T-Rex scene all the way through <laughs> because the first two times I like, it got to that point, like the, the, the T-Rex like does the thing with its claws on the fence and, and like the hands went over my eyes and I was like, tell me when it's done. <laughs> the third time I did it though. I, I, my dad was so mad. It, my dad took me twice. He was so mad when I asked to go see it the third time. He wouldn't take me. He was like, no, I'm not taking you again. You won't watch it. Like you, you <laughs> it's a waste. 
because I specifically wanted to see that part. And I was like, I'm going to do it this time. So I had to get one of my parents' friends to take me. But um, Willow, I didn't see in theaters because I was only three years old when it came out. Um, but I, it was one of those shows, mo- movies that was on TV all the time. It was constantly on like a Saturday afternoon matinee sort of thing. So like most of the times that I've watched Willow, I've watched like scenes of Willow. Um, I, and then, you know, went outside to play because the movie got boring i'm i'm now assuming in 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 retrospect so watching it all the way through recently it's like it's tough it's it's hard to get through and it's cheesy in parts but um like like sort of like intolerably cheesy in parts but but um but the parts that are good and this is somebody speaking from a very nostalgic lens the parts that are good i think are worth the juice is worth the squeeze, even if it is a very, very arduous squeeze to get to those points. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'm convincing anybody other than the two of you who are already kind of like partially convinced already, but I hope that I hope that I have converted someone. That's it for our episode about the bad batch (laughs) season premiere. Wait, one more thing. Wait, The episode was about the bad batch. Uh, Kyle, happy birthday! Thank you. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, Kyle. We're we're hitting every other topic. We might as well do the one. <laughs> yeah. You know, you know what's the worst thing about Kyle's birthday, and 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 that I forgot it. I absolutely did forget it this year until I saw people posting about it today. Uh, uh like I saw the posts about it today. Is that it, like because your birthday was yesterday, right? Yeah. Yeah, your birthday is the same day as my wife's birthday. I should remember that. I should be able to remember that. But also. <laughs> I'm very focused on my wife and the fact that it's her birthday. So that's a good excuse to forget your birthday, which is totally understandable. Yeah. So, so happy birthday. If your wife's birthday is on May 24th, you have permission to forget my birthday. No, hers is on March 6th, which is the same day as another friend of mine's. And I've got lots of friends and people with same birthdays, but. Okay. Well then you have no excuse to forget my birthday. (laughs) Uh, So. I expect a birthday wish on my birthday. Yours is the same week as my oh. sister's. <laughs> okay. And Tina That's and I have good. holidays. <laughs> Tina Tina is Christmas and I'm Cinco de Mayo. So we're pretty easy to remember. Hey, Cinco de Mayo is my anniversary. Ah, well, then you have permission to forget mine because you'll be busy. <laughs> with that. And I, uh, and, and this definitely was an episode about the Bad Batch. <laughs> <laughs> we're, Every minute this podcast continues, we are losing subscribers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but also, I don't care. I don't care. Good riddance. S- see you never. Okay? If you're still here, if you're still here right now after I just said what I just said to our listeners, then you're one of the real ones, and I applaud you. But also to the people who are like, how dare he? It's a free podcast, you guys. It's free. This doesn't cost you anything. It only costs you time of which we've wasted two hours. I understand that does have value, but it didn't cost you money. That's the important part. I, I, unless you want to support us on Patreon. But then again, if you want to support us on Patreon, you're one of the real ones. And, and we love you for that. We appreciate you. Patreon.com slash Thunderquack. Uh, thank you guys for listening. <laughs> thank you, Joe and Kyle, for 
entertaining the idea that we would actually talk about Bad Batch on this Bad Batch <laughs> podcast um, and not that we would spend. Here's here's the part that the listeners don't know. We spent 45 minutes before we even hit record talking about video games, yep. not Star Wars video games, Pokemon and Final Fantasy VII Remake. So it was a whole other podcast that I really wish we had recorded. I... <laughs> I would put it out on Patreon for everybody. And maybe next week we just have to start that way. And maybe put it out. Just hit record I, as soon as we get on and see what happens. But that is it for this episode. Thank you everyone for listening. Thank you guys for joining me. And, uh, and we'll be back next week. I have no idea what the title of next week's episode is. Um, I, uh, chickens of war. I don't, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> are they, are they all just of war this season? Um, I can't look this up fast enough. You guys can look it up on IMDb yourselves. All right. Okay. It's an episode. It's the bad batch. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure that like they'll get a mission and there'll be some sort of disagreement about how they should do the mission. And then I, it'll all work out in the end. Um, and uh, episode three they, is called the solitary clone. I was wondering yeah. if I could look it up fast enough that you'd still be talking before ending the episode. <laughs> solitary cool. clone. Ooh, who are we talking about? Well, who do we as opposed we, to as opposed to the Minesweeper clone or the you know <laughs> Chips Adventure clone? <laughs> <laughs> is it Chips Adventure or Chips clone? Challenge? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, pinball. I MS Paint clone. I <laughs> here's here's the thing. Here's the thing. We just rattled off a bunch of those jokes. There are absolutely clones that could apply to each and every one of those because there have been so many clone troopers over the course of seven seasons of the Clone Wars. I, we're done. We're done. That's it. Thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next week. Looks like Bad Batch is blasting off again! Follow Rebel Cells on Twitter and Instagram at Rebel Cells and on Facebook at Rebel Cells Podcast. You can support the podcast in three ways. First, by going to the podcast service of your choice, leaving a rating and review to help others find the show. Second, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch. And last but not least, by heading to patreon.com thunderquack and kicking in with your monthly pledge of support to get cool rewards like exclusive podcasts and more.